You know, the holidays can be a crazy time, but finding a personal injury lawyer doesn't need to be. If you need a personal injury lawyer, we suggest a phone call to the office of Dan Kaplis. Now, I've talked about Dan for years on KOA, and we are absolutely thrilled that he's part of the team here on the podcast. For over 40 years, Dan has fearlessly litigated all the way through trial, and he's winning those cases in record fashion. I mean, if you go to trial, you want to have somebody that can win, right? Whether it's a case of negligence, uh, an automobile accident, uh, medical malpractice, what have you. Dan is making sure his clients receive what they absolutely deserve. Dan Kaplis has a history of success working with insurance companies and, if need be, taking that case all the way through trial and, most importantly, winning. Call 303-770-5551 or you can head to dancaplislaw.com to schedule your free consultation. Dan Kaplis Law, a serious law firm for serious cases. Hey, let me take a minute and talk to you about the Colorado State Patrol. Did you know that the average person spends, it's like 90,000 hours at work in their lifetime? Now think about that. That is a long, long time. And if you break it down, it's actually 20,080 hours a year. How about this? This holiday season, give yourself the gift of a rewarding career, and you can do so. It's a gift that lasts for years to come. Just apply to the Colorado State Patrol and become a cadet. And by this time next year, you could be a Colorado State Patrol trooper working in your very own community and actually making a difference. Just visit csp.colorado.gov backslash employment, and you can apply or speak to a CSP recruiter and then learn about the opportunities that they can offer. Are you ready to love your job? Make a resolution to not waste another year. Applications are currently open through December 31st. This week on the Dave Logan Podcast, special guest host, Broncos sideline reporter Susie Wargin on the Broncos' big win and the first time they've won what? A road divisional game since 2019. I'm like, how is that possible? Also, Jerry Judy's footwork. Why doesn't he drag his foot? I mean, that's wide receiver 101 that you teach in high school, right? And the new Sean Payton Susie seeing up close on the Broncos' sideline. I've never seen him smile like that. Like, he was smiling. Julian McLaughlin came up and like gave coach a pat on the back like you just I think they're all trying to figure him out too like we're like who is this guy what makes him tick this is the Dave Logan podcast welcome to the Dave Logan podcast episode number 192 we're getting dangerously close wow to 200 that wow you just heard with Susie Orchin, who's <laughs> filling in for Dave Logan this week. Hey, Suze. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm Thank great. you for asking me to fill in. Oh, I love doing it. These are huge you. shoes, size 14. That's they a lot are, of uh, real estate. It is. And the hands. I and mean, the and hands. <laughs> they're, they're something else. They are. Yes. Yeah, they really are. Uh, are you having a lot more fun these days? Oh, my days? gosh. Yes. Like, unbelievably much more fun. Um, you know, this is my fifth year of doing the sidelines with the Broncos Radio Network and have never had a winning season. And this is Rick Lewis's seventh year. He has also not had a winning season. So it's just been, it's been really fun. What I love, and you're a, a person person in this business, I love seeing these guys that either, like the Cortland Suttons, who have been here since 2018, who you've watched him like go through so much stuff and then finally having success. And he's got 10 touchdowns on the season and he's, he's giving great interviews after the game. Like they just start to grow. And I love watching that part where they grow as an athlete, they grow as a person. They just get 
better at everything that they do. And then it all just starts to to snowball in a good way. Yeah, he's got the good stuff as a human being. And so it's like Justin Simmons, you knew when he first started as a rookie, yep. like this is He's a good person. You just wish good things. And that's Absolutely. like Corbin. So I'm, I'm like you. I'm really happy to see him do well. So the Broncos, and we talked about when I was texting about this podcast, I'm like, it'll be great. You're like, it's going to be much more great if they win. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> and it is, right? So yeah. they win 24 to 7. How was SoFi? Against the Chargers. SoFi is awesome. So that was said. the first time they have won at SoFi. They played the Chargers three times, the Rams, the December 25th massacre from last year. Uh, so four times at SoFi had yet to win. So it was great to get a win there. That stadium is absolutely insanely unbelievable. Um, the video board that's like the ribbon that runs up top is crazy. It has a cover. Now it did get warm. And I guess I heard from somebody that was on the sideline, they do have fans in there, but the Rams did not want the fans running during the game. So they don't run the big fans in the stadium, I guess, during the game because they're very, um, they can, you know, make some movement or whatnot oh. with the ball. So it has open ends on each end and you're sunken down. So when you look up, I mean, you're literally, I don't know how many stories low we are into the ground, but it's quite a bit. So it's really weird. It's it's kind of trippy. And then the elevators are, you know, uh, Dave and Rick were way up in one corner, almost in an end zone. So they have a harder time seeing everything. And of course, you know, field level, it's a great level to be at, but also sometimes it is very difficult. And then there's people, they have they have suites that are right there at the ground level. I don't know how much people pay for those suites mm. that are behind the Broncos bench. You can't see anything, Julie, but they were back there partying and having a great time and wanting pictures and, you know, this and that. And, and as the players, when they were leaving last night, uh, they were they had to, they walked the field was the easiest way to get to the buses and there were still people hanging out there and they were signing I watched Justin stop and sign autographs and other guys were stopping and signing autographs and taking pictures so it was cool and it's practically like a home game there because there's so many Broncos fans there yeah so Dave and I were talking um, last week about if you like what you saw you're gonna like what the Broncos um, the ownership because yes. they come from that right you're gonna it's just gonna be that much more amazing so I yeah. heard your interview. I think it was Justin Simmons. You were talking about how the Broncos haven't won an AFC West game. It was at four years on the road, a road divisional game since 2019. Oh, my God. I even I, I heard our producer AJ say that and I repeated it to him when I was waiting to go in the locker room. I said, did I hear you correctly? Because, you know, we do so many games and there's so many stats. And I'm like, how is that possible? But it is. Yeah. <laughs> they hadn't won a, a road divisional game since. And even Justin, when I said it to him, he was like, wow. like." I he, I didn't know that stat. And I'm like, well, I didn't even know it either till I heard it. And it just, yeah. but you know what? It's time to start breaking streaks. Break the streak against Kansas City. Break the streak at SoFi. Let's just keep going. And we've got the road game against uh, the, the Raiders there at the end of the season. So we'll get one there, hopefully at Allegiant too, which is another very, very cool stadium. Yeah, I would definitely want to go to that. Um, okay, so four games left, as you mentioned. Broncos now just one game out of the AFC West. And I will talk about, you know, the Chargers and or, or the Chiefs and what's going on with the Chiefs, but Karma sucks. Karma blows. And I'm welcome so to it. here for it with them. <laughs> oh my God. To see Mahomes <laughs> complain like that was like, really? I thought you were a little cooler of a cat than that. Yeah. That surprised me when they got the off. So we'll just talk about it now. When they got the offsides call mm -hmm. to bring the touchdown back, and he was just irate. Livid. And he livid talked about it in the in um post game and um, I just thought, God, that's to me, that's very unlike him. It is. But they are it's it's very interesting. Um, and I have a little more of a, 
you know, I'm all in for the the karma with the Chiefs because of my position with where I'm at, because they, and I don't know how much I can talk about this, but they're very territorial about their space on the field. I don't know how much they can be territorial about it. What do you mean? Um, as far as letting, I have zero issues with any other team in this entire that we've gone to, whether it be on the road or home. If I were to, like, for instance, yesterday, Justin Herbert, um, you know, something happens with his finger. I have a great relationship with Shannon, their sideline gal. So I walk over there. I see Shannon. I'm like, hey, have you heard anything about Justin? She's like, no, I'm kind of waiting on stuff. So then I get a text from her. But I also talked to the TV gal. AJ was there. So we're kind of all working together to try and gather information. Um <laughs> I last year went over because when we played the Chiefs at Arrowhead, uh, something happened with Patrick Mahomes. I have a relationship with Josh, their sideline guy for the Kansas City uh, Network. And so I walked over to get something from him. And and when I walked around, it was quicker for me to walk around and then go behind their bench. And we were in a commercial break. I was telling my AJR producer, I said, hey, I'm, I'm walking over to get to Josh right now. So A, my microphone was open. We're not on the air. Mm. But I was talking into it. Um, I go over to Josh. Hey, have you heard anything on on Pat? He's like, oh, it's a knee. It's you know, no big deal. So I'm standing there, and then I get um, approached by two or three of their security people oh. that were, oh, it was, yeah. And then I got talked to by NFL security, and then the NFL security guys were amazing. They're like, I think this is a huge misunderstanding. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, I'm not a spy. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> we were in a commercial. Like, I did nothing wrong. Yeah, you'd be more covert if you then were a spy. Actually, here this year. Uh-huh. Pre-game. So we're not even in a game situation. I was over on their side along with two other members of the Denver media when Mahomes, that was the day that Mahomes had the flu, right? And so we weren't sure if he was going to play. So a few of us are getting a little phone video that we can post, say, hey, he's out here warming up, whatever. So no problem there. Um, maybe a half hour after that, still way before the game is going to start. I'm walking behind their bench because I got a buddy who's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He's up in their in this that side. And I was, I was like, hey, Craig, you know, I'm trying to find him, you know, waving at him. And guy comes up to me. He goes, you at Denver Media? I said, yeah. And he goes, you can't be behind our bench. I was like, um, it's pregame. And yeah. I'm actually looking up here. He goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> I, you know, I would, I would love, and it, there's way more to it as far as, you know, how, I mean, nobody gets to treat people like that. And, no. and I'm not the only one that's gotten treated like that. It's, they don't, uh, it's not just women or minorities. Or yeah, men. they're just generally they, jerks. They, they, they yes. Yes, I truly I mean, it's it's crazy. So and I've heard other stories from other people and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So when stuff like this happens, I'm like, you can't stay that way, treating people that way for a long time. It's going to come back and get you. So. Oh, that's interesting. We'll talk more about that off the air, can we? <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> OK, good. That's good. That is interesting to know. Yeah. So the start of the game, Russell Wilson throws a pick. Oh. Yeah, kind of. Or did did Mims fumble? It was a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah, thinking what? tagged on Russ. I always like to ask Dave that. Like, what goes through your head when you're um, like, oh, F, here we go again, you know, or, you know, how do we can't. And, and that's the difference, Julie, between this year and the previous few years where something like that sets the tone and it's just a disaster the rest of the game. And and we saw it in Miami. I mean, that's where that's kind of how Miami went. And that just got I mean, I'm like, can it get any worse? Oh, yeah, it sure can. And it continued to and it just got more hot and more hot. And I thought I had heat stroke. And I'm like, no, it actually is 70 points. They have. Oh, my God. I remember, it was at one point Dave's like, we've got, uh, you know, uh, comes back from a break. Dolphins up by 50. And I'm like, <gasps> 50. 
that's like, that's just, <laughs> and that's when I literally thought I had hit heat stroke because it was so hot that day. And we've been in the sun the whole time. The way they built that stadium, it's not built north south, it's built east west. And they make the opponents in the sun, you're in the south yes. sun the entire time. They're in the shade, it's great. Um, but the opponents are not. And so it was so, uh, I would just wear disaster. the least amount of clothes possible, which would probably be like not good for your professional <laughs> career. But it's like, God, I'm dying here. Yeah, the bikini look on the sideline, they just, they don't go for Maybe. that for some reason. So, but anyway, back to your question. Yes, you think, wow, this is just going to set the wrong tone. And here we go. But then also in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, this defense has been, you know, had a little bit of hiccup against the, the the Texans, but they've been so solid and they've been and I had mentioned too um in my first break right after uh right before the 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 initial kickoff that last year against the Chargers, Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell just had they have these great games against the Chargers. Alex had sixteen tackles in both of the games last year against the Chargers. Uh Josie had like five tackles and a I think a fumble recovery um or a forced fumble, one of the two, and that they just typically do very well against the Chargers. Yesterday, they absolutely killed it again. They were the top two with tackles. Um and just so I'm like, okay, if if we can do it Defense needs to set the tone, which they did. They stop them, you know, four times and then it's a turnover on downs. And I'm like, all right, maybe we can actually get past these little somebody trying to push you back and and you go, no, we're going to just keep going forward. Right. That's the difference. It's resiliency. Is it so interesting to hear Vance Joseph now? Maybe it's just in this <laughs> in this market, but like, could he win assistant coach of the year? You know, like, I mean, he's. So many people wanted him to be let go oh. at the start of the year, given that the night of the Miami game, the night everybody was calling for his head. Yeah, it's too early. It was too early. And then what are they going to do? But thank yeah. goodness, you know, that that was the situation because he really has um, he could have unraveled, I guess. at oh, that point, absolutely. It could have unraveled. So now he's looked at as like, I mean, a savior of figuring this out. And and I think that the Miami game, I mean, if you took that game out of the stats for the Broncos, the stats would be remarkably different because that game is just such an anomaly. It's like when you have the, you know, the curve of your test and you're like, let's go ahead and just take out that really crappy one. So our average comes up very nicely because that's not who this team is. What we saw in Miami, it was missed tackles after missed tackles. And I think it was just a conglomerate. I think we were all so freaking hot, Julie. It was just so hot that day. I've never been so hot in my life. Really? It was the oh, worst. Oh God, it was horrible. It was so bad. And that's, that's a horrible excuse. Everybody, like, everybody played in it. Well, no, they didn't have to sit. The dolphins didn't have to stand in it for right. and three that's on plus purpose. hours. Absolutely. It's on purpose. There's no shade over there whatsoever. So, yeah. I mean, I just think there were so many things that happened in that game. If you take, Take out that game. You get a much better synopsis of what this team is, what they're building on. They all like fans. They all like each other, which is cool. So that's a great thing to be able to watch more on the sidelines. They would say all the right things when the defense was lights out and the offense couldn't do anything. They'd be like, oh, we all support each other. Now you see them doing it more than just offering the lip service of we support each other. You know, we got his back. I got his back when they're actually in there congratulating each other, standing up, watching, you know, I mean, guys will sit down a lot if they're not on the field at that time, but then they get back up and they're watching and, and being very involved, which is really cool to see. 
Are you able to have, a, do you know Vance very well? Because I know sometimes they keep the um, assistant coaches just kind of away and you're not able to develop that relationship yeah. with them. Are I don't you? know him really well. I mean, I'll see, I'll see coaches. I'll see Vance. So I usually go run. At, you know, when we go on the road, I'll go do a run in the morning and I'll see Vance out every once in a while. He'll take an early morning walk. And so I'll see him and say, hey, coach, but not sit and chat with them. They do yeah. let the coordinators talk to the media, you know, once a week. They'll have all three of them out there to chat with the media, but um, don't have that, you know, talking relationship with him to be able to kind of, you know, get in there and and know him really well. But we acknowledge each other, know each other. He's very, very, very kind. How about Jerry Judy? I want to talk about Jerry Judy. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry is the mystery right now, isn't he? Do you know? Do you have? Um, well, let's talk about on the field. So okay. I've always not knowing him, um, just watching. I've never been a huge fan. I just I I know he's got great talent. I just there's been too many times where he's just been um a little bit of a baby for me. Too much, too much, yeah. right? And so I don't know um if that was youth, but there's a lot of younger players that don't do that. There so are. so tell me why I'm wrong. <sighs> That's hard. I mean, and I think that all these guys develop at a different speed and Jerry is very, very talented. There's no doubt about that. Um, do I think he probably still always has a little ways to go as far as, I mean, and you can't, it's hard to not compare him, compare him to a Cortland, compare him to a Tim Patrick and how they have matured throughout the years. You're going to do that naturally, probably not fair, but you also hope that a guy, you know, learns some things, knows, you know, what to do, has that awareness of where he is at all times. And that's still just not quite there, which I think is the biggest mystery to people of like, how does he not know to or why doesn't he drag his foot? I mean, that's uh, wide receiver 101 that you teach in high school, right? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where... um I don't know. It's it's hard. And and I like Jerry. Um, he's nice. We I've tried to do a lot of pieces this year that are kind of like um, not necessarily like if I get an extra piece for the pregame, I make it a interesting piece. Like when they did the um, cultural awareness where, you know, having the flags on the players helmets with where they're from. And he's got family from Haiti. And so I sat and talked to him about his family being from Haiti and and, you know, kind of perks up. And so I've tried to talk to him about other stuff other than what's on the field because he gets asked about things all the time. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Jerry, I don't want to say he thinks highly of himself. He has a lot of confidence in himself. And I don't know if, <laughs> I mean, it's obviously it's not showing on the field, like production wise is not showing as confident. I mean, I don't think he's got, I don't think he has the yips. I don't think he has anything like that to where he can't perform because I think he has that ability not only athletic wise, but in his head, but something is not connecting right with yeah. why we're having so these these things happen. The the catch that kind of went through his hands. Um, I don't know if he would have been in bounds had he even caught that. The one that was right down there near the end zone. Um, it, and, and Cortland was wide open on that one too. So that was kind of a an interesting play there. But yeah, <laughs> do you think that the team is regretting not trading him? And you never know Ooh, what. Yeah, that's a good question. What they were going to get, right? right? So that's why they probably didn't. Yeah, but I don't know. He's like the biggest mystery on this team right now because Russ has mystery. worked it out, right? It looks like he's working it out. Yeah, he's just so inconsistent. And and if you aren't going to catch the balls thrown your way, your quarterback will continue to lose trust in you. So it's you know, I think Russ is trying to find Jerry, 
and trying to give him those chances. Yeah. And then if Jerry can't catch him, he's going to catch, he's going to throw to the guy that can catch a jump ball with three guys around him with one hand. And that's Cortland Sutton yeah. every time. I mean, who wouldn't? It's just one of those things. And then and then you have Julio McLaughlin. You've got Marvin Mims. You've got these young guys that have also shown they can catch and they can do some pretty amazing things with the ball. So do we start to see more of them? And I don't know if Sean Payton has a lot of patience for <laughs> mediocrity or things that aren't going well or mm-hmm. not being able to figure things out. So I think at some point it might be where it's like, hey, you, you got to we got to see something or it, it just can't work. More with Broncos sideline reporter Susie Wargin and Julie Brownman right after this. Hey, I was thinking about this. We're officially in the holiday gift giving season. Don't worry. We're going to help you and figure out something that makes a lot of sense. I love my MSA 220 chainsaw. Now you may say, really, Dave? And I'm telling you, it is it is unbelievable. It is the equivalent of Steel's best-selling chainsaw in Colorado, the MS-271. It's really easy to use. I always like to say, if I can use it, believe me, anybody can use it. And it makes an outstanding gift idea this holiday season. Steel has some amazing promotions going on all the way through Christmas. You can get $10 off an SE33 electric vacuum down to $89.99. It's great for the garage or maybe just cleaning out the car. And if you want to cut the cord, a bit, go with the Steel AS battery platform with the SEA 20 electric vacuum for $159.99. Speaking of battery-powered tools, the best-selling AS tool, the GTA Garden Pruner, is on sale as well. You can save 30 bucks Now, get one for just $149.99. The good news is it's lightweight. It's really easy to use. It's compact, and you'll love it. Just head to steel.com to take advantage of these great offers and others, or do yourself a solid. Head to one of your steel dealers to try it out for yourself, because the holiday season is here. The holiday season is in full swing, which can be fun, but a little stressful, especially when it comes to buying that perfect gift. When we're feeling that holiday pressure that's when we head to molly's spirits whether it's a family gathering a friend's party or an office get together a trip to molly's is all you need whether it's giving a bottle of whiskey or wine to your host or giving the fantastic gift of a subscription to their beer wine or whiskey club molly's has it or if you're hosting a party keep molly's concierge event planning services in mind they offer customized packages and flexible service options no matter what your budget is. Whether you're hosting a small event or huge office party, Molly's will meet your needs with amazing customer service and a delivery service, we might add. And this year, skip the line and shop online with Molly's. Just head to mollyspirits.com, order up your favorites, and have your order waiting for you to pick up. Or if you want, head to their store to check out their amazing selection and deals. Just go to one of their two locations, either the Lakeside location at 44th and Harlan or the DTC location on the west side of I-25 in Arapahoe, right next to Sprouts. Molly's Spirits, your home for holiday gift giving. So as a sideline reporter, you get access to things a lot of other people don't see. So tell me some things about um, Peyton, Sean Peyton, that you just kind of observed that maybe we don't like we get we see the press conferences, but right. you see a lot of 
different things. And when you say he doesn't have a lot of patience, I agree. You you may have some more insight. On yeah. That. And it's it's interesting because Sean is still a mystery to a lot of us because he is um, I don't know that he's connected a lot with the local media. Dave has a great relationship with him because he talks to Dave every Friday for pregame. And so and what coach doesn't love Dave because Dave can talk football very easily and he's very well respected and whatnot. So Sean is interesting. Um, I, I like watching him on the sideline. Um just kind of his mannerisms. He's very, he's always, you know, looking at his chart on his headset, uh, very close to Vance. If, if we're on defense, um, I don't see them interacting a ton. I think he truly lets Vance kind of do his thing, but sometimes I think he'll offer his input from what I can see. Um, I can't ever hear very often what they're saying yesterday. It's interesting because SoFi is a very loud place, but I was actually able to kind of hear some of the things guys were saying a lot of times, like when we're at home, I can't hear anything. So I've got an IFB in one ear mm-hmm. and there's so much music going on in the other ear that I can't hear anything that's going on. So it's kind of interesting there. But I did see him like last week. He had, he had come over and he rarely ever comes over to the bench when guys are are standing there. Um, He came over. I think we I can't remember what it was that happened in Houston where we just had Russ had thrown an incomplete to either Jerry or Cortland, one of the two. They were all three sitting on the bench. Coach Payton came over talk to them and I could see him, you know, moving with his arms, like showing him a route almost or something like that. And then literally the next series, I did a report on it because you rarely ever see him come over on the bench. Literally the next series, I think it was Cortland that caught a, a touchdown and, and went. And I was like, oh, maybe his little pep talk worked. And then when he had the play yesterday where Adam Troutman got the touchdown, I've never seen him smile like that. Like he was smiling. He came over, gave a high five to Mike Westhoff, who's the assistant uh, head coach. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin came up and like gave coach a pat on the back. Like you just, a lot of times we haven't been seeing that kind of interaction. I think they're all trying to figure him out too. Like we're like, right. who is this guy? What makes him tick? Is there a soft side to him? You know, or or is it just always, and I think we're starting to see a softer side. I'm like, he smiled. And even Rick said it on the broadcast because the TV showed it. And he's like, wow. You don't see Coach Payton smiling very often. He must have really liked that play. And it was Cortland talked about it in our uh, postgame interview about how, you know, I said, you know, how about that that play that Coach cooked up? He's like, yeah, that was Coach's baby, man. That was so good to see that go. And so I think it's taking a little while for everybody to connect and including players, personnel, media, you know, and, and figure out who who is Sean Payton. Well, remember that. They started off one and five, yeah. and some of it was um, he dug a little bit of his own hole when Absolutely he talked about the Hackett. So why he, he didn't have a reason to smile. He didn't have a reason to take yeah. a breath. And so now maybe you'll, I guess, we'll learn a little bit more about who he is. I, I think he was so. on guard anyway. Yes. And then there was that start of the season. And I don't think we didn't see this coming. I promise you he didn't see this. Oh, the start of the season. No. No. Right. Yeah. I mean, you should probably see what you're getting into before you start saying some things like that. And he's probably realized that now. I mean, and, you know, not in his defense, but he did media last year. So he was kind of used to just shooting from the hip and doing whatever. And, t- and then he even said, I had my Fox hat on. I was just talking. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, OK, dial it back a little bit because now you're a coach and you your success depends on all of these guys doing what you need them to do and Mm -hmm. maybe they weren't all on the same page there at the beginning and now we're seeing it more and more so i have this random question as a sideline reporter have you ever been shooed away like or um told to kind of not get so close not really with the broncos right because not with the broncos just the chiefs just the chiefs just the chiefs yeah nobody else has ever said anything to me yeah the broncos are really good i mean and um you know you just you know where you can go where you can't go you Mm -hmm. don't stand behind the bench we can't take pictures from behind the bench during a game or anything like that and if you stand back there for too long um 
they won't do it to me as much now because usually if I'm standing there, it's I'm standing there with Jordan, the PR guy, because we're waiting on an injury report or something like that. But I yeah. don't you can't sit there and camp out behind the bench and like listen to their conversations. That's not you, they, they will shoot you away. Yeah. In your career, who was now I'm just gonna put you on the spot. Who was <laughs> um, and I'll tell you mine. Who was the rudest athlete? Who's the rudest athlete? Oh, there's a lot of wonderful. I will preface this. Oh, there's gosh. way more wonderful, kind men and women. Mm hmm. Um, but there's a few bumps along the way. Or have you not had anybody? Man, not I'm be trying very nice. to think of who has been a total a-hole. <laughs> um, not many. You know, the the Rockies had a few back in the day. They had before Clint Hurdle kind of came in, they had a little bit of a toxic clubhouse going on. And there were some gems in there at that time. You're like, come on, man, I just need to do my job. You right. know, come on. But I I can't think of like specific names. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And honestly, the Broncos, I haven't had anybody Broncos-wise in a long time. I mean, there's just some guys that are just, they're like, I mean, Joe Flacco is kind of, I never had to deal with him because Dave always dealt with him as the mm -hmm. quarterback when he was here, but just gave off that air of like, you just don't even want to go talk to him. There's yeah. just some guys you're like, I'm good. I yeah. got Cortland Sutton here who's freaking <laughs> awesome and doesn't right. say no and knows I'm not going to throw him under the bus. And right. so he's going to give me some great answers. Right. As opposed to the yes, no. Yeah. Answers. Mine was Reggie Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah, which is not super surprising. Um, yeah. I was at Coors Field. I was producing for Dave and Scott. I walked in. I saw him. We made eye contact. I went over to Dave and Scott. I said, hey, do you guys want Reggie Jackson on the show? Not like they would say no, but you right. know how that goes. You Absolutely. Gotta you got to ask. Went back over to him and he said, you didn't even know who I was when you first walked in. I was like, no, okay, well, I got to go. Bye. Actually, I did. Actually, I did. And you. never mind. Yeah. Wow. I didn't say F you, but no, 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 you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, but in your head, you said it. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I said it in my head. Anyway. So that's yeah, good. That's a, yeah. No, I just don't have. Um, I always joke where I'm like, you know, and now I could be all of their moms. Like there's a couple guys. I mean, they graduated. Who was I talking to the other day? Jaleel McLaughlin. And or no, I was talking to Marvin Mims, I think. No, it was Jaleel. And he graduated in, in, in 2018, the same as my son. I was like, oh, my God. You could like be my child. Yeah, you could be life advice. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to go there? No, we don't. Okay. No, we don't. All right. Next up for you is a road game and you're going to Detroit. Yes, we are going to Detroit. We leave on Friday. Okay. Game is late on Saturday and then uh, we'll be coming back late after the game. So, yeah, uh, the last of a triple header on Saturday. Um, I'm excited. I mean, you know, people kind of looked at that one. Detroit lost this weekend. So I'm like, hey, I mean, anybody can lose. Anybody can win on any given. Now it's Saturday or Sunday because <laughs> any we're given in Saturday December. Night. <laughs> any yeah. given Saturday night. So I am really excited. I have not dove into the Lions too much just yet. And I don't know a ton about them. I, I know way more about AFC teams than I do NFC teams. So I'm excited to go there. I've been to Ford Field once. And that was back when I worked at Nine News. We went there when... Um, Oh, man. Now I can't think of who the cousins were. All I can think of are, um, yeah, I can't remember who it was that we were there with. And and I don't even know why we went. I think I was doing Elway's show at that time or something. And so we had to do our show there. And that's why I ended up traveling to the game. Welcome and, to being older, Susie. Oh I feel like <laughs> they all just, I just, all I know is I've been there. I don't know why. <laughs> but I was there. But I was there. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's a cool and it's, and it's indoors. So this will be, we have four, all of the four away games. The last four away games um, are indoors. SoFi kind of is, you know, halfway because it's got the open ends, but it's got the cover over the top. And then Reliant in um, 
or it's called NRG Stadium in Houston now, they rarely ever open the roof. I thought for sure we were there on a 70 degree day and I thought they'd have the roof open and they didn't. And then yeah. Allegiance uh, got the, the cover and so does Ford Field. So it's a this cool venue. This would be interesting. I think this was the game with four left that that people are like, all right, well, they're going to lose. Most people, I would say, uh-huh. are like, this is the game. They'll probably drop. they got to win th- the rest of the games. But Dave always talks about if you can steal a game, dot, 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 your yeah. chances go uh, are, are much better. This is that's the game, right? Absolutely. Coming up on Saturday night because I don't know, you know, the Detroit's had a wonderful season, um, or a great season, but they they also want to get back on track, right? So mm-hmm. they're going to be pretty motivated. The um, get back game. Yeah, this could be it. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, and I would like to see from Russ. Um, he's like. Don't laugh at this, but Russ can put some pretty good numbers up and you don't realize it when he's doing it. 100%. Yes. I'll look down sometimes because I'll look at, uh, we ha- we call it, it's called NFL GIS. We call it NFL Jesus. Um, but it's it's a, it's hooked into the NFL. So all the stats are coming through all the time and they're really, truly the best place to go for all the stats. Mm-hmm. And so I'll keep looking at it throughout the game and sometimes I'll be like, what, how, how did Russ do this? Like, when did this happen? And you're like, wow, sneaky, sneaky stats guy. Sneaky stats guy. And yeah. he's nowhere near it right now. But like Jokic is like that. Like sometimes you're oh. like, oh, my God, how did he get a triple double? He's like the quiet, most twi- quietest triple double, which he does yes. all the time. Like they'll be like uh, the Nuggets had a, or it was, it was his worst game of the year. And he still has a triple double. I know. <laughs> I know. We're just so used to it. Yeah. I know, which is which is wonderful. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see. Um not an AFC game, an AFC West game, but one game behind the Chiefs. Like, I just. It's I exciting, Julie. It's really exciting. It's for the cool. first time. And I'm so sorry you haven't covered a, a winning team. I know. I mean, so I did long. when um, when Dave and I were hosting, we were on 760 back when we had that as uh, Denver Sports 760. And then we went to the Super Bowl. So I was I was there for that. But like not like part of the team, traveling with the team, doing yeah. all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah. So it's really cool to be so uber involved as I am as a as the sideline person and have built relationships with so many of these guys over five years of all the and this is how our business works where, I mean, it's win or lose. You still have to go talk to them. You've got to work those relationships and have guys trust you so that when it is a crappy loss, you can still go, Hey dude, you know, can I just get you for a second? You know, and and, and they say, yes. I mean, they say yes. Yeah. 99.9% of the time they tell me yes, which I'm so thankful for when in their winning so much easier, <laughs> so much and easier. Fun and they're it. happy to see you. Oh, it's very fun. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be remiss before I let you go. Uh, how's the podcast going? And tell me some oh, of the things fun. you have coming up. Very fun. So it's great. So cut, traded, fired, retired. Um, I have 66 episodes Oh my now. God, 66 good for you. 66 athletes and coaches. Yeah, it's crazy. So now I'm, and I could use suggestions and it, and I'm grabbing people more often now that are coming into town for things like when Colorado State had their um, Athletics Hall of Fame banquet, I was able to get Weston Richburg. I was able to get Bradley Van Pelt, which I just put out Bradley's and I had to do it in a two part. We talked for almost three hours. Oh, my God. I was like, he goes, I thought this was going to be a 10 minute podcast about the Rams. I'm like, well, welcome to your life, Bradley. (laughs) So so I just put that out last week, which is and it's been very, very popular because nobody really like knows him. People they either love him or they hate him. Yeah. But they don't know him. They don't know what makes him tick. So he just kind of went out and told all kinds of stories, which was great. I got Denny Nagel coming Mm. up this week. Oh, really? Yeah. He still lives here. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his kids just graduated. His twins, which were his youngest, just graduated from Chatfield. He's the pitching coach for Chatfield High School. He's going to be do one oh, more year. The juniors cool. asked him to come back, and he's like, "I love it. I love helping these kids." And so, and you know, he had the rocky up and down, and it's been it's been really cool, Julie. Like more so than I thought. Of just like, let me hear all the dirty laundry stories. I want to hear, you know, who was the a hole coach that cut you and this and that. It's been yeah. so much more of. This is how you got through some tough times in life. And they've all had times where like, man, that was a, I was this, I was that. And now I've learned or whatever. And so it's been cool. Like there's been a couple of guys that are like, nobody's ever asked me my story. Like nobody's ever taken the time to go outside the so stats. Where'd you come from? Yeah. yeah. Jarvis Moss, who was with the Broncos, a first round draft pick. When he was in high school, both his parents were in jail. He went and did his college visits by himself, and he'd never been on a plane before. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, holy crap, Jarvis. And then he's a first-round draft pick. His wife has a baby. He gets injured. Everybody's like, what a bust. Piece of crap. I'm like, there's a person. Yeah. So that's been the cool part of, like, these are people that, yeah, they, you know, get some nice paychecks. Money doesn't solve everything. And a lot of them still have more problems because they have too much money. Yeah. And they probably have a lot of the same problems that you and I have, you know, maybe on some different levels. but. The challenges that you have to figure out and how do you get past them and, and move on and like be OK with that. And then they're out, you know, their names in the media everywhere with that kind of stuff. Have you ever thought about doing um, like YouTube and doing video just to see? I know you'll have, to, you know, I mean, yeah. makeup and all that stuff. It's right. so nice not to. It's I understand so nice that. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, these are such great stories. I know. They probably would be. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to talk about that maybe sometime. Some yeah. uh, who's on your wish list? Who's on, I have a lot on my wish list. A lot of there's still a lot of Broncos that are on there. John Elway still my big one. People have asked for John a lot, and I've texted John, and he's kind of him. But it's been a little while. I haven't hit him up in a long time. So mm-hmm. that would be really good. He would be fantastic. I mean, talk about the biggest trade we've ever had in this town. Yeah. You know, honestly, oh, people yeah. forget that. They're like, oh, that's right. They traded right. for him. Right. So how was DMAC? I think did we talk oh, about this? He was was he good? I, I started listening great. to the first part. I didn't get to yeah. hear the whole thing. He was, he was good. awesome. It was funny because you know, he literally got fired on a Monday. And Brandon Cristal, who we just saw before we started this today, he texted me. He goes, you should get him on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, I think it's a little too soon. He goes, I was like, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask him because DMAC and I have known each other forever. And I said, hey, you know, too soon. But do you want to be on my podcast <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything else. Why not? So, oh, God, that's cool. So he came in and I mean, it was hugely popular. I mean, people, everybody wanted to know what happened to him. And and again, Went through his whole life, our history together. You know, people are like, oh, my God, I had no idea. You guys have known each other since KBPI days. And it was yeah. just, it was really cool. So he's my only non-athlete coach. He's my special edition. <laughs> but all the others have been athletes and coaches, which has been cool. Who's from Colorado, like a like a movie star? Who could, or like music? Could you ever do? I know, I could. And I could, if I ever wanted to expand it, which here they're like, you should do bands, you should do. And so I know there's a lot of places I could expand to. It's just that. Yeah. And, and my connections are the sports world. So right. I'm relying on my connections. I'll also ask guys, hey, who else? Who's your buddy that would be great on this? And so I've gotten a lot of great guests from other guests that are like, oh, you should get, you know, so and so. I've had the offensive linemen love giving out all the other offensive <laughs> linemen numbers are like Matt Lepsis, you know, but then a lot of them don't live here. So I need to catch them when they come in. And the Broncos are doing a great job this year of bringing in guys for like the honorary captain for the coin toss and doing the flag planting. And so yeah. I'm getting some guys, you know, when they come in for stuff like that, which has been cool. I cannot, and I'll, I'll, I will let you go, but have you done, he, and I can't believe I can't remember his name because I'm old, um, tight end for the Rams. Such a great guy, Joel. For the 
Oh, Joel Dreesen. Yeah, have you oh, done yeah. him? Oh, yeah, Dreesen. Oh, oh, he's one of my first ones. Yeah, um, he he's was awesome. one of your first ones. Okay. Yeah, he's great. You should he's listen to Joel's. He is okay. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's got a really good story. Um, he's got a cool tattoo on his arm that's an arrow, and we talk about that. And it and his arrow is signif- it signifies you know always moving forward. So the arrow is pointing oh. that way, so he's always moving forward. Oh yeah, his is really that's cool. Good. Okay. Yeah, he's great. Okay, awesome, Suze. I love it when you do this. Thank you. Uh, you know we're gonna do it again. Yes, absolutely. All right. See Anytime Dave's time. gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 